For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we're here with former Auburn great, a man that I got to admit used to make me mad one Saturday a month when LSU used to play him, the great, the All-American, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Campbell from Auburn uh, is joining us. What's going on, man? How are we doing tonight, Jason? Oh, man, Blake, what can I say, man? It's uh, it's June, so it's not a lot of talk going on about college football except for the SEC meetings last week, which we'll get into soon. But then you talk about all the transfer portals and high school kids now that signed in 2023 class are now getting enrolled. So, you know, it's a lot of things happening on the planes. But as far as the College World Series, man, y'all are still in it. Florida's still in it. So we still got two SEC schools rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, just keep it up with that. And I watched golf yesterday. I was pulling for Ricky Fowler. Then he kind of, you know, he kind of hit his toe yesterday a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, literally. Yeah, literally. But, you know, yeah. but Clark did a good job, man. Clark got a great story. So proud no of Congrats to him. And it's good for golf, too, that everything that happened the last couple of weeks that they got that good of action on mm-hmm. the course, you know. Uh, but you did mention that nobody's talking football, which made me think about, you know, during June. I mean, today Nick Saban comes out and you see him on the VR boxing. I mean, Auburn fans might have had a treat with that. When well, my man's on the VR throwing the one one two. I mean, what's going on with Saban over here, bro? Yeah, you know, Saban's trying to steal 10 more years in this business. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, hey, the, the one way to do it is, hey, get back in shape, you know. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, George Foreman movie, but I saw it about, about a month ago, and I didn't know he was 45 when he came back and, and won that last right. fight after he had been out of Boston for so many years. So, you know, I, I think Saban is a guy that he loves the game. You know, there are some guys that get paid a lot of money, and they're in it, and they're getting that paycheck, but he's a guy he could probably care less. You know, he, he's all about – how do I get this next national championship? How do I keep improving this program? Uh, you know, and it just shows that he's just trying to keep himself in shape so he can run up and down the sidelines these young people. You know, what's interesting is when, you know, now that social media, it, it's so wild because you see coaches in a completely different light. You know, Jason, I remember uh, in 2003 going to an LSU football practice. And I'm like, okay, so everybody believes that Saban is who he is. You know, I mm-hmm. remember a young Kirby Smart. I remember a, a Will Muschamp. Like, oh, okay. And then now you see these guys in these videos with their family. I'm like, oh, okay. So he actually can be a normal human being. <laughs> it just when he's on the field, uh, it, it, it you know, he's going to do what he needs to do. But And yeah. speaking of that, I do want to ask you. So last week, it was a big deal, at least in Baton Rouge, I'm assuming on the Plains as well. A rivalry between LSU and Auburn is not going to happen in 2024. I, I mean, listen, Jay, we we spent 45 minutes on our show talking about this last week because fans were kind of ticked off a little mm-hmm. bit that, look, we love the Florida rivalry. We love all these things. But Auburn has been one of the staples that LSU fans look forward to. And I think it you could probably shed some light on that. I guess when you saw LSU and Auburn not playing in 24, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, man, it was like a dagger. 
You know, yeah. just because college football, you think SEC, you always look forward to that LSU matchup. I remember when we played them back in 2000, 2004, you know, when Coach Saban was there, we was two and two against each other. Right. And, you know, you just never know what's going to happen in that game. We've had the game where the Coliseum caught on fire while the game was going on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, right. we had the earthquake game in LSU. Uh you know, we've had the six interception game where LSU was up and threw six pick sixes for, for touchdowns for Auburn, and right. they came back. And then we have the 04 game, you know, where we hit Courtney and Taylor in the back of the end zone, and then one of the guys jump over after we missed the extra point, one guy jumps over, and that's when they just changed that rule. And uh, and we got a chance to re-kick it, and we got an interception to end that game. So it's just wild things that just happen in this series, and it's like, are we really going to take this game you know, out of the matchup year, like, yes, you have Auburn, Alabama. Yes, you have Auburn and Georgia. But that Auburn LSU game is circled every year as well. And to not play that at all, I'm just sure, like, LSU fans are probably, we've playing each other since 1991. And these games have been epic. You know, what about the one second game when that, that went down to the end in Auburn when LSU scored a touchdown? I thought they had won the game. Yeah, you're talking about the Demetrius Bird, Matt, yeah. Flynn, like back in the end zone. And then. Yeah. Jay, I'm thinking about when Cam Newton went yeah. off in 2010 in the long run. I mean, like yeah. those – and then Bo Nix having the same type of success against LSU in Death Valley at Orgeron. What really and truthfully was crazy, put the dagger in Orgeron's heart yeah. mm -hmm. when he got fired. I, I mean, everything – it usually always comes down to the last second. Now, you talked about being 2-2 two and two against LSU. You know i got to ask you. <laughs> What's your fondest memories of that of that matchup? Oh man, I tell you what, you know we played them in two thousand two here, and uh, you know it was kind of a rainy game, and I was a sophomore. We had a really good game, but then that 04 season, man, I'm telling you, like that was one of the hardest hitting football games I've ever been a part of, college and pro. Like even playing the pros, this it was about twenty five NFL athletes on the field in that game that played on Sundays. And you're talking about guys that just landed on the line, guys that just crushing each other, you know, just uh, hard hitting, you know, one of those low scoring physical football games because both defenses was very excel. Both offenses was good, but defense wins championships. And right. it was one of those type of games that if you love football, like it wasn't going to be a high score and shootout firework. It was one of those hard nose every play counts every down counts in the second half you couldn't punt because if you punt game's probably over so uh you know kudos to that game man but that was one of my biggest memories uh playing in that sec uh against lsu was you knew if you can win that game you had a chance to get to the uh, sec championship and the national championship well I I remember Ronnie Brown in that game and and O two yeah. going off and I think who was it Trey Smith when it Trey that that went off in that game yeah O two was Trey was no it was Ronnie because Cadillac didn't play in that game for some reason uh, I think it was the epic hamstring baby the epic yeah 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 hamstring, right. <laughs> yeah yeah I think it might have been Trey and then uh, you know Robert Johnson had a big game in the tight end right uh, in that game and I think our defense Carlos Danzer had a pick I remember that. But it was, uh, you know, it was a slugfest. And one of those games where you knew Coach Saban, he was going to come back after the next year. We went down to LSU, and I remember them rocking our bus and everything. And, you know, couldn't wait to get out there and play. And then that first quarter was was a really strong, hard-hitting game. And then all of a sudden, we had the uh, the lightning delay. Right. 
And after the lightning delay, it was so long. By the time we got back on the field, the energy wasn't the same. And uh, we ended up losing that game, I believe, it was like 28-13 to 13 or something, but 27-13. Uh, but overall, man, LSU has just been a great, great, fun robbery. You know, you, you even the years after I left, I used to keep up with that game. And it was always one of those hard-hitting games. I think one of them was 6-3. to three. Right. Like two years later, <laughs> like a 6-3 right. to three game. So, right. you know, you just never know. You know what's interesting? You bring that up, and, and I'll, I'll transition to this. I guess overall, in your opinion, Auburn's new schedule in 24. Look, I, I, Jason, as I, I've said this religiously, and I know this isn't a completely hot take, but Auburn might be the toughest place to coach in the country. When you talk mm-hmm. about the two biggest rivals right now is Georgia and Alabama. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess when you saw it in 24, how did you think it checked out for them overall? Yeah, you're right. You know, uh, being a coach at Auburn, you know, you got to come in and you got to get guys that love football because you're going to get Alabama every year. You're going to get Georgia every year. Who's been the prominent national champs for the last eight years has either been Georgia or Alabama. Right. And, you know, we play both of them at home this year and then we go to both of them next year. And then mm-hmm. not only we go there, Oklahoma comes to us. And uh, so so we got a tough, tough schedule, man. And uh and I, and everything. I think we get Cal as our non-conference game. We play California. They come to us as, as well. So being able to coach in the SEC is a tremendous honor, but you better be able to have tough, thick skin because, you know, now we're with us playing this eight-game schedule, which I think is just going to be for one year. I, I I find it really hard to believe that we won't go to nine games in 2025 um, just because of the simple fact that I think people are going to look at it and say, okay, I like the 2024 matchups, but we can't leave an Auburn LSU game off no more. Right. We got to make that game happen. You know, you you, you got your Texas and Texas and m and now Arkansas and Texas will be another rivalry. You know, it's just going to be too hard not to have that ninth game. And I know TVs will pick it up and it will create more as a fan. You would probably love it because if you are a season ticket holder, you get nine legit games. And then the ones that are at home, you get at least five to six SEC games that's going to be in your stadium that you don't have to worry about leaving at halftime. Right. You know, so tailgating is going to be fun and it's going to make it fun for a whole weekend. And I think it's going to get college fans back to coming back to watching games in person. Yeah, I do agree because, look, you're I do agree that they'll go to nine just in the sense of that what you mentioned. There's going to be too much uproar about hey, man, we didn't get to play Auburn or Florida didn't get to play so-and-so, and and then Mm -hmm. then it turns into this whole different, you know, series of events that you got to take place. But you did mention something there in reference to what's crazy is when I look at this, this schedule in the SEC, though, like let's use Auburn. There could be a month where they have Georgia, Oklahoma and Alabama. Now, right. name me a tougher month. I, I'll wait because there isn't any. Okay, right. so I do. I I do like it, but to say like these teams coming in, that's not a. That is the biggest test. So, with that being said, I guess how do you feel about Hugh Freeze and things as we transition to him? But how do you feel about Hugh? I mean, man, there's a lot of big buzz coming out of the planes. Since you yeah, and you, and you talk about Texas and Oklahoma coming, not just in football, basketball, you right. know, baseball, softball, you know, like track, you know, all these other things that come in. Because Texas and Oklahoma are two premier programs, 
And uh, right. so it's going to make the whole conference as a whole better, you know, in all the other sports as well. But you talk about Hugh Freeze, the job that he's done, him and his staff has done since him getting here on the planes, man. Like we went from what, 70 or something in recruiting to finishing top 12. Uh, and then also in the transfer portal, we finished top one or two in the transfer portal. Uh, and everybody thought we was finished in the spring. And then, you know, the coaches and everybody got it, kept recruiting and, and understand, hey, if we're going to win, Auburn had two back-to-back losing seasons. That's unacceptable at Auburn. A program like Auburn should never have two back-to-back losing seasons. And for them now to feel like, okay, we got to flip this roster. Mm-hmm. We got to get the guys in here that know what it's like to win, want to win, uh, high-character guys and Auburn players. That you look at them and you say, okay, this is an Auburn man. I, I think he's on that path of getting those type of players because if you look at the overall transfer portal, you know, you go get a Peyton Thorne, you know, who's a seasoned veteran quarterback at Michigan State, uh, has a lot of starts under his belt, very experienced uh, from everything that I'm hearing. He's a true leader. You know, his leadership skills uh, is, is impeccable from, from what I hear from other guys on the team. And then you talk about the receiving core. You know, we add to it, you get the kid from Ohio State, the burden kid, who was right. rated high coming out of college, still has four years to play. You get the Jair Shorter kid uh, from North Texas. You get the Larry Nitson kid, the defense linebacker from North Texas, that's, that's a stud. And then you go to Jackson State and get their best receiver who led the swag in receiving. And then you fill up the offensive line with just all kind of guys that just come in. And then we just loaded up again in defensive back. So he's done an incredible job, him and his staff. I know he gets a lot of the credit, but a lot of those coaches, man, are right there just busting their tails and and getting out there, getting involved and making sure we flip this program and get it back to competing at a high level where Auburn is always in the conversation, especially with becoming a 12-game play. I mean, 12-team playoff, Blake, there's no reason – at a place like Auburn, we can't get the right type of players to be in conversation each and every year to have a chance to be in that 12-team playoff. You know, the first thing that when you're mentioning that, and you're so obviously, I mean, you're getting the position players, but when he went out and got the old lineman, like when he went out and got the uh, uh, Avery Jones, the kid from right. ECU, mm-hmm. look, as a former center, that I know yeah. when a, that kid can play. Okay, right. like that kid's SEC ready now. Yep. And so everybody's like, oh, he's going to get – and I'm like, all right, no, he going to get them dudes up front. I mean, the mm-hmm. Justin Rogers is like the defensive lineman from the portal. He had 57 offers. Every team in the SEC offered him, not named Kentucky, because that's where he's coming from. Right. And he's got every offer that imaginable. So I, I do agree when you – and that's a big thing. You know, when you talk about the expanded playoff and – Coaches are really going to have to battle to get in there. But look, there's not, like you mentioned, there's not any reason where you should not have Auburn at worst, at worst competing to, to be in there because there are a lot of years that they're going to have just as much, if not better athletes than everybody in the SEC. And I think that, that Hughes uh, doing that, you talked about Peyton Thorne. Is there something that you've seen maybe on film or anything that, that you've liked out of him? What do you, do you think he comes in and starts immediately like most project him to do? I think the thing about him is just the leadership skills, first and foremost. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what pops out at you when you talk to him. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, when you talk to everybody that's around him, that's been around him so far, you hear about his just, you know, how he's able to go over and talk to a receiver and talk to a player like, hey, I need this out of you. I need you to, to be where you need to be. You know, this is what I'm looking at. You know, the, the type of communication things that you like to see from a quarterback uh, to the to the other skill players. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, I, I do like his pocket presence. I think behind this offensive line, you get Dylan Wade came from Tulsa with Coach right. Coach Montgomery, who was there. Uh, you get, you know, Gunnar Britton, who played for Western Kentucky last year, a big stud, often right tackle because, you know, they threw the ball more than anybody last year in college football almost. Then uh, you talk about inside presence. You know, like I said, Avery Jones, man, like kid is solid. You know, he's very athletic. You know, he has intelligent to play at this level. Uh, I think he did himself justice by coming to the SEC because when you go up against the Georgias and the LSUs and the Bamas and Tennessees, most of those guys are on everybody's radar when it comes to draft picks and the defensive line position. So if you can go against Georgia and you can hold up your own, you just raise your stop. You know, you go up against Bama, you hold your own, you raise your stop. But just talking about Peyton Thorne, I think, you know, he comes in, he competes against Robbie. You know, everyone knows that Robbie's more of a, a athletic quarterback who's more of a runner, can expand plays and everything. Struggled in the passing game last year uh, with accuracy and different things. And I, I think, you know, Peyton coming in, of course, people are going to say, oh, he's going to be the starter because, you know, why would you go out and get him? Uh, right. You know, at this point in the time of the season, knowing that he has, you know, pretty much has two years left. But, uh, but if you're Hugh Freeze, though, I understand he's going to create a competitive environment and the best man wins and the best man is going to play. Now, with that being said, you don't I don't think you make that choice to go get a kid like this if you don't have plans for him, uh, you know, with everything. So I think there's going to be some great competition come come August 1st when they kick off. I'm excited to see what happens because, Blake, this team doesn't even look the same they did in the spring. No doubt. No <laughs> question. So in the spring, we already got different players that we, we done gained 10 to 15 players since spring that's going to be playing on the field and being a being a pivotal, uh, pivotal players for us. So we won't know anything about this football team until the first month is over. You know, and Demario Tolan, the kid from LSU, the linebacker, I think you're going to have – I mean, look, they, he, they got to a point where they couldn't keep him off the field at LSU either. That's mm-hmm. just another notch. You know, you bring, it, you bring up Robbie – Ashford, maybe I'm biased because I like a quarterback to be mobile. Maybe that's just my, uh, you know, that kid's. If that kid can figure some things out, I think Jason. Now you can speak on it more than me. I think that kid's got a crap load of talent. Now mm-hmm. I'm not saying he beats out Peyton Thorne, but I've seen him Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Look, the kid can move. I mm-hmm. mean, the kid can really run. Have you seen anything in him where he's developed better from the pocket or what do you see from him that maybe he should work on? Because I think if he does work on some things, it ain't going to be Peyton Thorne's show. That, it, it, Robbie's a really good athlete and he can really move. But I even like some of the things he was doing with his arm, just sometimes maybe not as accurate as he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Robbie, he's very athletic and he's fast. You know, he, he right. can run, you know, if we had a four by one team, he may be on it. Uh, you know, he's one of the fast guys on our team. 
He's athletic. He can extend plays like we talked about before. He puts fear in defenses sometimes because if you run that RPO system, you don't the backside in can't be so hungry just to go make a tackle on the running back because you got to stay home because the quarterback could possibly keep it, you know. And then the linebackers can't flow as fast because they have to respect the backside keeper by the quarterback. And so he add dimensions to the position that puts pressure on defenses. Like you said, eliminating negative plays, I think, is the thing, is the thing for him. You know, some of the fumbles, you know, just errant fumbles that just happened. Uh, some of the interceptions, you know, just uh, decision making in the pocket, you know, being comfortable, I think, within the pocket is is, is the next step for him. Uh, knowing when to step up and still make a throw rather than step up and I'm leaving the pocket. You know, right. just things like that, because you can step up in the pocket, and have a guy hit a home run down the field that's still running open. But your eyes still got to stay down the field. So mm-hmm. I think pocket awareness along with accuracy and i think just understanding passing concepts uh you know i I think it's the key for him if he can understand passing concepts and develop accuracy i think accuracy comes with understanding i think sometimes guys are errant with the ball because they're not really sure about what they're doing you know is is this guy really supposed to be running this corner route so i'm a am am i throwing a corner he's going post so i'm a little hesitant but then when i do see it now i'm trying to rush the throw you know, right. because so I think him having better understanding of all those things will help him as a player. That's why I say it's hard to say where he's at right now, because he missed a couple of spring practices, uh, still trying to heal up from the shoulder surgery. Uh, and then once the summer started out the spring, you know, it, it, they, he had to hold out for a little while as well until he can get fully healthy there. So we really want to know a lot about Robbie Ashford until I probably say second week of training camp. Uh, once they get into camp, but I do when we start to see a couple of scrimmages, and I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to one or two of them, and I, I feel like from a standpoint too, you get UMass the first game, you may see both quarterbacks. You so know? that was to really interrupt you. That was my second question. Do you believe that there could be a two QB system? I think it'll start off. It could start off in a way where, say, if they're unsure about who's the guy and they can't make the decision on two because they both can't be hit in practice, and they need to see these guys in a game like atmosphere where they can be hit and and where they got to react. Uh, I think you have to play them early in the season. Maybe your first three games, you know, you got to play both of them a little bit if you're unsure going into game one who the guy is. But if you're sure who your guy is and you roll with your guy, but it, you know, if you're not sure, you're like, man, this thing is neck and neck. Play both of them the first three games and uh, and see what happens. I think the best situation for Robbie, though, is say Robbie doesn't start. Mm-hmm. I think you still have a package for him right? because he's, he's too athletic to stand on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? So I think he still gets snaps during the game where he comes in and, you know, they have some RPO stuff with run pass option and you utilize his ability which makes a defense have to prepare not only for, for Peyton Thorne, but now you have to spend an extra hour to two hours a week preparing for the Robbie package. So mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for him still to play regardless if he starts or not. Now, if Peyton Thorne is not the starter, I think it's harder for him to get on the field as not being the starter because he he you can't do all those same things you can do with right. Robbie bringing him in. So it's going to be a, a really good battle, but I think we're in a good position because it gives us a little bit of depth at that position. Robbie would have been the only one with experience had we not gotten Peyton Thorne as a quarterback going to the 2023 season. You know, it's interesting because you you bring up the the Peyton Thorne not being able to get in if Robbie were to take it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the like Harbaugh did that last year. He's like, hey, dudes, 
You're neck and neck. I'm going to start one of you one game. I'm going to start the other one the next. Battle it out. And then he made a decision. And look, it bode, it bode well for him. Yeah. And look, iron sharpens iron. It's the old cliche in sports. Like, you're going to, I'm going to make you better. You're going to make me better. Uh, Jason Campbell, our guest, thank you. Just so awesome to have you on uh, with us here. But last one for you. I don't want to put salt in the wound, but I do need yeah. to ask it. And I, know, yeah. I, I got to, okay? I agree. Now the playoff has expanded, and your team, the team that you led, is epically known for probably being the best team in college football in a year and not playing for a national title. Mm-hmm. When you see the playoff expanded to four and then to 12, does that piss you off? <laughs> I mean, because let me tell you something. It would piss me off. To see a playoff expand because look, 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 I'm not saying this because you're on here. I've been on record talking about this all the time. That team y'all had was the best team in the country. Why y'all didn't get in, I don't know. But does it kind of like piss you off to know that y'all didn't get that opportunity to play for that? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. You know, one thing is until you experience playing in a national championship game, you don't know what it's like. Right. You know, and I think to be able to miss out on that opportunity was uh, was a bitter taste because we actually wanted to play them so bad because we wanted a revenge game. You know, oh two we went out there, we lost, we dropped the ball to win the game. Uh, two thousand three, we, we Bobby Petrino went to Louisville, we tried to redo our coordinator, offense coordinator by a committee. Mm-hmm. That didn't work, and we wanted to get a chance to play them with a full slate, with a good offense coordinator, with everything in place. And uh, and go head to head in a neutral site, and uh, not to get that opportunity, you no, know, was bitter. Now on the other side of it, to go undefeated in the SEC and win, and beat a great Virginia Tech team uh, that should have beat USC that year, had them beat, <laughs> you know, that beat them was was a tough, tough task. But to go undefeated, man, and um, that is tremendously hard because you got to be locked in every week. And everyone, the, the more you win, the bigger shots you get taken at you. And uh, and that's something we can always remember, something we can always take on. But I think the reason the NFL, I mean, the reason the playoff talk started was because of that year. That's because USC, Oklahoma, us, and Utah all was undefeated. And uh, that's what Urban Meyer was at Utah. And uh, and I think had it been a 14 playoff, all four of us would have been, would have been vying for the national championship. So, you know, it takes time for thing. Conversation starts first, and then it takes time for things to get put out there to vote on. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they finally got it and hit it with a 14 playoff. So these kids now, man, they don't understand the, the tremendous opportunities that they have. It's almost like right. you got to blow it not to have a chance at something, you know, because <laughs> you're going to have you got NIL money, you get scholarship money. You get endorsements. You get uh, a chance to go from a 14 playoff now to 12 team playoff, which gives you more national opportunities to to be able to play in a playoff setting. And you get a chance to you had a fifth year. There's guys that started for four years in college and coming back and starting for a fifth year. Mm-hmm. So you starting five years in college. Bo Nitz at Oregon played three, started three years at Auburn. Now he's gonna start for two years in Oregon. You know, you're talking about a great college experience. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's things these kids don't understand. Like back in the day, you did your four years. That was it. You right. know, uh, now you get five years you can play. And then on top of that, you know, it just got the limit for these kids, man. I, it's all about, though, 
who they put around them to make sure they're structured, make sure their mind is in the right place and their focus is in the right place. Because all of this stuff can get lost inside of money if you don't start teaching these kids about parameters and, and about, you know, gratitude and and everything. Stop looking at the dollar. Don't chase the money. The money, the faster you chase money, the faster it's going to leave you. You know, but if you work extremely hard, do what you got to do. People be knocking at your door trying to give you opportunities. No question. I mean, and I talked to, I mean, it's kind of cats out of the bag, but I talked to SEC OC today and he's like, we got kids in, you know, sports psychology classes, you mm -hmm. know, like that's how much it's been getting to them. Like one kid for LSU, I think it was a Nussmeyer had a, a cheese it sweet, you know, like, mm. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like you're in a suite full of cheese. It sounds great. But I mean, like, I remember as a freshman having to get bags every day, getting water yeah. dumped on my head, like doing everything for the seniors. Like I, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I go out to practice uh -huh. the other day, like the freshmen are, are pampered more than I ever was, you know, like anyway, I don't want to go on the soapbox. Jason Campbell. Great That's why I hope we don't lose in the game, but like, I hope we don't lose that college feel of, of the game. I'm all about players oh, making money and everything. Just because we didn't make it when we was there, I'm not one of those like, oh, they should know. Like, you know, I believe players should make money for themselves off their name, image, and likeness. It just needs some parameters, you know, uh, right. around it and everything. I think to keep this thing better structured so that these kids understand, because 95% of the kids that play on that team does not play in the NFL. And you need to have people in their corner teaching these kids how to save their money, how to budget. So when you come out of college, not only you don't have student loan debt, now you have an opportunity to start your life with something. Right. And so don't blow it, you know, thinking that you're automatically in at the next level. No, let's take this thing one step at a time. And then how do I get my kids to focus on football? I mean, focus on playing the game and going to class but not being distracted by everybody that's trying to pull them and tell them, Oh, I got something better for you over here or something better for you over there. How do you teach them to stay committed and stay locked into where they're at? Because the transfer portal, let's be honest, it's an open book every year. No and you doubt. can't, as a coach, you can't tell your, you can't go into coaching staff and say, Hey guys, man, this kid is a freshman. By the time he's a junior, we're going to be rocking and rolling. You can't even, you don't even know what your next year's team going to look like. Because you may have 10 guys that all of a sudden you think coming back and all of a sudden they say, oh, I'm gone. Yeah, and, and like, I don't, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but like, look at Prime. I mean, look mm -hmm. at LSU a year ago. Look at Hugh Freeze now. I mean, it's a complete roster turnover. Now, I know yeah. some of those are coaching changes, but I, I mean, you're getting 25, 30 plus dudes that weren't there last year. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. And, you know, like you mentioned that, I, I I remember having to wash my the position player in front of me the center. I remember having to wash Brad Barty's truck, you yeah, know. And then yeah. me getting all that that scholarship check, I took a hundred dollars out of it, went and paid and got it detailed, and brought and drove it back. He's like, "Man, this is good, freshman." I'm like, "I know, <laughs> you know, the small little things that you like. That's not going on anymore, right. you know. Like that's not." And then understanding, like, hey, I'm not getting picked on. This is what everybody's going through, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the guy was in, you know, at our wedding, me and my wife's wedding. I mean, like, I, I talk to that dude every day now, you yeah. know? Like, because of those small things, like, yeah, it sucked in. It really mm -hmm. sucked. But he made me better than what I need to be. So, you built uh, a relationship, I, you know? No you built a relationship. These kids going to miss out on relationships because some of them not going to stay in a place long enough. 
And then some of them, as soon as things don't go their way, they're going to jump in the transfer portal, not realizing sometimes you got to go through a, uh, through a few things in order for, for you to wake up or see things differently. So, you know, it's going to be a case that me playing with Ronnie and Cadillac and all for four years, man, we're still friends to this day, you know, like, because we had, we, we built something together. These guys, man, they're not going to understand commitment to each other. And I hope as a man, when they get married or yeah, I hear that they can be stay committed into relationships because they're not going to be used to a commitment because they can feel right. like, well, I can jump here as soon as something don't go right, or I can go there or somebody can come over here and offer me a little bit more money. And I'm just going to jump at it. Even if my opportunity is better where I'm at, I'm going to go jump over here. Like it's all these things we got to deal with, man. I just think kids going to miss out on relationships and things the, that propel me and you to be in the positions that we are. All I'm going to say is look at AM. I know it's petty. I know it's petty, but <laughs> sometimes, you know, just throwing money up against the wall doesn't make, it, doesn't make it right. All right. All right. Jason Campbell, thank you so much, man. We're going to have to get you back on. I know you're busy. I know that football, you know, starting in July, it really starts ramping up. Yep. Uh, but thank you so much for having us. I know you do the Believe in Auburn's podcast, but uh, tell them where they can find you, all your stuff. I think you and Taylor do one a great, great show, but tell them where they can find it. If they hadn't catched it yet. Yeah, you can find us the Believe in Everything podcast, uh, B-L-E-A-V. Um, like I said, Auburn, Believe in Everything, Auburn podcast. We're on the YouTube channel. So you type in Believe in Everything on YouTube. You can you can find us. You can also find my find it on my Twitter at jcam underscore one seven. Uh, Taylor Davis is on Twitter as well. My Instagram is jcampbell17. And uh, I usually post things on our stories or on our uh, social media pages as well. So, you know, subscribe, follow us. And uh, we'll give you good content, especially with the season on the horizon. It's going to be an interesting. Cause everyone will see what Auburn's going to do with every, with all the new cha- new changes. And uh, you know, who better to know than someone that's close to the program? No question. Thank you so much. And our girl Taylor, she's out there at the College World Series. Man, she's in yeah. Omaha. Yeah, yeah, she's in Omaha. She's down there representing right now. So you know, her schedule never stops. You know, she covers college football, and now she covers college softball, college baseball. You know, she's all over the place. So all over the place. You know, she 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 she's a good one. No doubt. All right. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.